Good morning, one and all. Morning. Good morning, Emily, Communications Director, uh, Emily Tadlock. And we have on the line with us also a senior foreman, Mark Wright. Can you say good morning, Mark? Good morning, Mark. Hey. Emily and Herb. <laughs> all right. Good to have you on. This is uh, On Track Podcast Season 2, Episode 25. We're recording here on a kind of a dreary day, uh, but it's uh, probably a little bit of relief from yesterday's heat. Um, June 22nd, 2021. We've got, uh, as I said, Mark Wright that's going to be on, uh, the old man on the landfill he's known as. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a safety topic with Cam Hagar. We're going to talk about traffic control. As always, shout outs. Uh, price is right, the price of an asphalt zipper. Questions for Herb, are there any? There is one. Okay, there's a question for Herb. And some announcements. And uh, just to, to go back on winning bids, we did pick up a project uh, on a on a site I think you're quite familiar with, Mark, over in Waste Management in Norridgewalk. We've got a couple hundred thousand yards of excavation to put up into some berms there. Nice, nice. That's a good place to be. Yeah, it's a good place to be, right in the middle of the state. Uh, nice country over there. You probably have a couple fishing holes over there, don't you? As a matter of fact, I do. I do. <laughs> Why did I know that about you? Uh, well, anyway, I guess that's a good... Uh, a good segue into just having a conversation with you, Mark, and and uh, maybe start out with with where you grew up and how you got to start in uh, here at Sergeant. Well, I, I grew up in Corinth, Maine, and uh, I guess I was looking for work, and my aunt worked at Sergeant in the office, and I signed on as a laborer. Jackie Huggins, I just saw her a couple weeks ago. Yep, and. Uh, Started out with uh, Ralph Dutton over on 395, and that was, uh, Ralph was quite the fella. He was like, they don't make him like that anymore. No, Ralph was, he was a rock star here at the company, and, and just everybody, I, I never heard a bad thing about him. Unfortunately, we lost him here a few years ago, but uh, just an excellent superintendent for for decades here. He just, he had a way of running the job, but he just, everything was smooth and easy, and it was, it was done right. Yeah. So I think you and I worked together on a landfill cell over here in Hamden, right? That was shortly after you, uh, you, you were saying earlier, you came to work and then uh, you were asked, I think within a year or so, if you wanted to be a junior foreman. Yeah. Yeah. It was about a year. And uh, I think I said they gave me a pop level ruler and a hatchet and asked me to backfill a box culvert on 395 and Brewer. Yeah. And it wasn't long after that, I went to Hamden. Yeah. We started up. Out of the landfill there at Pine Creek. Yep, yep. And early cell there. Uh, that was uh, probably 85 or 6, something like that. I'm showing my age again. <laughs> yeah, right. It was a long time ago. So you've, you've become known here in the company as the, kind of a landfill guru, a clay guru. And can you just talk about some of your experiences there? I think after I left the Sawyers there of Pine Creek, I pretty much went to Norwich Walk. There was a few other sites in between there, but I uh, I 
spent probably close to 15 years right at waste management in Norridgewalk, building cells and putting in clay and moving garbage. Surprised you didn't just move right over there. <laughs> oh, what fun would that be? You can't travel an hour a day, right? Must be right. hour, hour and 15 minutes for you from Corinth? Uh, an hour and 15 to an hour and a half, yeah. depending on traffic. In the morning. In the morning's a little over an hour. Yeah. I'm not much of a morning person, though. You guys probably know that. I, <laughs> I, have a, I did not know I, that. I didn't know that either. <laughs> How would we know you're not a morning person? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess the people I work with probably know that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I first started, the old timers there, they said, yeah, you're not even going to need an alarm clock. You do this for a few years, you're not even going to need an alarm clock. Guess what? Right to this day, I still need an alarm clock to get up in the morning. Is that right? I, I, do. I, I do. I usually wake up about 15 minutes before mine, but you're on your way to work. In one of those 15 years you were you were traveling from Corinth to uh, Norwich, you're on your way to work. What's on your mind? Uh, what's going to happen that day? What the weather did overnight, how to keep how to keep the crew productive during the day. A lot of it's got to do with Mother Nature. When you're on the landfill and you're dealing with clay, you really have to keep an eye on on mom and, and work with it. You can't change it. You can only prepare for it, right? That's correct. You got to be ready and you got to be prepared. Keep an eye on the weather and keep your clay sealed up. Keep your water draining the way it's supposed to go. A fella told me once, if you control your water, you control your job. If you don't control your water, you don't control your job. That's correct. In this business, for sure. Would you say you owe your success in the clay placement business and the dirt moving business primarily to that? Or are there other things that, that you think you would add to it? Well, I, what I'd add to it is the quality of people I've had to work with. Good one. That, that's really, that's where it's at. I just kind of... I do the best I can, and everybody else does the best they can, and it, it comes out right. Well, that's that, that's a recipe for success almost every time. Control the water and have great people, and add add good equipment to that. You usually, well, yeah. usually have a happy customer. And a happy customer is a repeat customer. Yes. So that to that point, it's like all of us are in business development, aren't we? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So like every day, every you never know who's going to drive by the, you know, the third guy up from the local landfill manager that manages New England may be the guy that drives by and sees what's going on. So it's really important to have have our game together and and manage well and and be in business development mode all the time. I, I agree. I agree. So where are you now? Uh, well, there you go. I'm at the Brunswick landfill. Land, that's why they call him old man on the landfill. Another landfill for Mark's. And so uh, we were fortunate to be invited over there for lunch last Friday. And what a what a spread that was, huh? Oh, yum. It was very good, very good. Yeah. I, when I saw Emily drive in there on two wheels, um, <laughs> you know, and she knew it was going to be barbecue. This North Carolina girl needed her barbecue, I could tell. <laughs> be a Southern thing, I guess. Mm, probably. Well, it's a little bit of everywhere. So... <laughs> As as you've gone through your career here now, how, how how many years have you got with us? It's been my entire life, really. Uh, yeah. I, 30, 30, 30, 30, 37, 38, something like that. Something like that, I'd say. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What's your high point in this nearly four decades? 
I, 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 I don't know. I, I really, pretty it's, much I enjoy it. So it's I just really one like big it. high point. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I guess if I had to pick a job, I would say uh, the windmills up in Kidney Mountain were simply amazing. Yes, it was. It's pretty, pretty hard to beat the office view, if you know what I'm saying. I've, I've talked about that many, many times. What a great office view that is when you're in a D10 or a you know 980 or a big excavator or whatever. Um, really nice office view up there. Yep. 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 So what? So what's the toughest job you've been on? Around around 2000, I think it's around 2000. We uh, we built a cell. Well, actually, five cells, uh, landfill cells, at Hatch Hill in Augusta. Yep. And we had some engineering issues, and it was a very complicated landfill. It was, uh, I believe it was three synthetic liners and two different clay layers, and there was three different subgrade designs, depending on what part of the landfill you were in. And like mm. I say, it was five cells, and the subgrades and the cells didn't line up, and it was, uh, it was a project. It was it was a complicated project. Did you have uh, GPS on the dozers at that time? No, 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 we did not. No, we were doing it the old-fashioned way with grade stakes and. Yeah, yeah. G- GPS is a double-edged sword. Yeah, it's it's cut an edge. It's it's wonderful, but when it doesn't work, it can uh, it can leave you in a lurch, and and GPS doesn't think. Right. Good, it's good to think. You can't just follow that screen around. And so you got to know. Yeah, I was just going to say expand on that a little bit. Well, I mean, and it'll take like an inexperienced operator on a GPS dozer. You go, hey, he knows, you know, you just follow that the grade right there. You can just do his thing and be all good. Well, if he's just following the screen, if he doesn't know what he's got some material in front of his blade or. The line he's chasing, if that's supposed to be a brake line in the road or a ditch line, or the operators still have to see the picture. Yeah. And, and you know, managing the material in front of the blade is, is a big piece of that, knowing knowing what's out there. Yeah. yeah. And another, I guess another part of the GPS world is uh, there's a lot, there is a lot left grade stake in the GPS. So the operators have got the GPS on the screen and they can see the plan, but I'm on the ground, and sometimes it's awful hard to know where you're at or where you're going, or because there there's no inform- there's no information on the ground, right, right, or in the ground. So. That that was one of the things that that bothered me when I when we first got in the GPS world. When I'd go on a job, I'd be like, "All right, let's just at least put a baseline in here." So so I got some idea where we are on the project. So you're not married to you know someone with a rover or someone with a dozer Um, and then the worst probably the worst thing i heard a few years ago somebody said hey you know uh this guy joined us from another company and he said hey you know we need to get uh gps on our excavators and tim and i were talking to him like okay why is that And he goes well you know, I, I hate to have a dozer come over and, you know, take time with the dozer to come show me where the corner of the building is. And I my head almost blew up when I heard that because I was like, well, we're not supposed to be doing layout with 
two hundred thousand dollar pieces of equipment. That's what the that's what the rover's for. Right, right. So GPS great in so many ways. Just we got to make sure we use it in the right ways and stay efficient with it. I agree, a hundred percent. So, uh, what do you like to do in your spare time? I like to go fishing. <laughs> and and what do you like to fish for? Uh, brook trout mostly. I, yeah. I really enjoy hiking up and down a brook, and I got a kayak, so I like pulling into dead waters, fish for some brook trout, and have a little fire on the side of the stream. There you go. Hook me up. Did I did I also did I also hear that you're about to be a grandpa times three now? As a matter of fact, Emily, I am my my third granddaughter from my daughter and her husband is is on the way here uh, first of November, I think. So that's uh, that's pretty exciting stuff right there. They live down in southern New Hampshire, so I do get to see them as well. Oh, congratulations! We'll give you some applause for that. So, also over thirty over thirty five years, you've seen a lot of changes in the company. I have, I have. I went through, I don't know, what was it three or four different buyouts? I guess. <laughs> You're a survivor, well, Mark. Say thirty-eight years in the company. I mean, I guess it's, technically it's been four or five different companies, right? Uh, probably, yeah. No, it's it's all been good, though. I'll tell you, I don't. I think everything's been good. Emily, do you have any questions for Mark? Sometimes you know, the, the newcomers are the ones that have the great questions. <laughs> or, um, or Cam. Cam just walked in the room with us. Yeah, put me right on the spot. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this has been asked yet, but what's, uh, Mark, what's your favorite thing about working at Sargent? Very good question. And uh, I, I, I kind of want to think about it. For a I, I think I think it's the people I work with, really. I, uh, it's, I really like the people I work with. And along with that, it's good to see a project start at nothing a lot of times and, and turn into whatever it is we're building. Where there's a little, a little thing like uh, maybe digging a ditch down the side of the road. If we, if we can get that just so it looks nice. You know, you sat yeah. out water, water standing alongside the road. It doesn't drain. It's a mess. It's muddy. And you, you, you dig the ditch, and when it's all said and done, there's no puddles there. The water the water runs down the ditch. There's maybe a little riprap in the bottom. The grass is growing. Uh, and, I, and I mean that that just expands to everything, really. I just I just painted a ditch in my mind, and based on your description, that was that was pretty good. Have you ever have you ever painted one on a canvas? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not that talented with a paintbrush. Okay. <laughs> I have a question for I you, Mark. Um, so you were talking about earlier when you and I were just chatting, uh, you were talking about the kids, quote unquote kids that you have on the site with you right now. Uh, what advice do you have for those young up and comers who, you know, don't have 38 years at Sergeant underneath their belt? Well, uh, first I guess is, uh, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're 15 minutes late. I heard that before. It's here to the sergeant culture. If, if, if you want to stay with sergeant, go with the culture, and uh, the culture will go with you. I think a, a big piece of it, too, Mark, is, is, you know, guys 
uh, in our point of our career, I think most of us are anxious to to instill things in people. You know, some of the values that we've learned, some of the lessons that we've learned. And I, I would just say to those guys to listen to guys like you when, you know, when there's some advice being handed. That's that's a tremendous gift for someone to, to give you, uh, for, for a young person out there, for somebody to care enough to, to make that investment in you. And sometimes that investment may not sound like an investment. It may sound like an ass chewing, but... Uh, you know, there's not so much of that anymore that goes around, but uh, just really to to appreciate that investment for what it is. Well, and I, th- I mean, coming for me, being a young guy too, I think us young people, we need to realize we don't know it all and we really need to take the time to listen and, and absorb all that experience and knowledge from the senior, you know, senior employees, veterans like Herb and Mark, like you guys. Wait, you don't know it all? I, I thought I knew everything. Are you kidding me? You do. <laughs> so I, I know, Mark, you've you've had a tremendous impact on, you know, dozens and dozens of people in the company uh, over the years, whether they're, you know, young foreman operators, superintendents, uh, you know, even us here in the office, you know. I mean, the work you do, uh, gets multiplied and leveraged around everyone in the company. Uh, so they all feel the reward of, of the work you put in. And, um, you know, I, I, I just want to thank you for that because you've been really just a stalwart for so many years. Well, I, 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 uh, thank, thank you. Thank you. I, uh, in case you can't see, he's blushing. <laughs> I am. Blushing. I, uh, uh, but yeah, it's you know it, it'd be it, it'd be wrong for for us to have you on this podcast and not, and not acknowledge that. So I, I I don't know how much I appreciate that. I really do. I uh, I just try to do what I can do and where I, I come up to work every day and try to help as best I can. And I hope I hope that uh, whatever whatever I do does just what you said, Herb. I mean that's. Uh, I I can't ask for anything more than that. I really yeah. can't. Well, there's you. you know there there are people in New Hampshire, there are people in Virginia, there are people in Northern Maine, Eastern Maine, all over the place. That there's such the beauty I think of of this employee stock ownership plan is we all have such a tremendous impact on each other every day, and that impact could be good or bad depending on how you operate. But most of us. Uh, in the company are really working hard to to bring value to each other and uh, and I think we do and I, that's you know you you said uh, your favorite thing about the company was the people and that's always been my favorite thing too uh, and just knowing that we can all pick each other up a little bit and on you know even though you may not know someone from a job 800 miles away you're having an impact on them and they're having an impact on you well, maybe maybe that right there, Herb, is the best advice you can give the young people. Just uh, whatever whatever you do before you, whatever little mission it is that's put in front of you right now, maybe what you should do is do the best you can with it, because when you're done with that mission, it it the results of that mission get passed on to somebody else. Exactly. And that somebody else that somebody else is your customer, and you should always do the best you can for your customer. 
whether that's the true customer or it's a laborer or an operator or, or whatever it is, maybe that's where we should all be headed. And, and that's the way you put that, Mark, was kind of magical. Um, it's, you know, we are each other, inside the company, we are each other's customers. So when you, when you, do, a, when you do a job, how you leave that has an impact on the next person that comes around. Right. I mean, the, the way you described uh, the ditch that you talked about and the completion of it and, and leaving no punch list items there. So the next guy that comes in uh, really doesn't have to do any rework. They just pick up where you left off. I know uh, back in the day, we were always really proud of, you know, when we when we went through and took a cutout, we left the we left it staked out so the next guy could come in. Uh, to put the next level in, you know, so everything, all the information was there and just treating each other like customers. Cause that's really what we are in a way. I agree. So, so Mark, I also heard that um, while you work hard and you get your stuff done, um, you're also quite the jokester. Not me. No, <laughs> that's hard for me to believe. <laughs> well, I, I need you, Mark, to tell me uh, your funniest story. Maybe it goes back to that little piece of got tape that uh, we had a timekeeper who was very, very fixed in his ways, let's say. So timekeeper is what we now call field cost managers. Yeah, the field cost manager. And uh, he, he was a lot of fun to just mess with a little bit. Like you could go into his paperclip container and pull the paperclips out and hook all his paperclips together and then put them back in his paperclip thing. You wouldn't. And Oh, we would like in, in like his papers in his inbox and his outbox, just maybe randomly staple some of them together. <laughs> now that that could be a problem, you know, if a guy yeah. if a guy picks up a, an invoice and uh, you know something else is stapled to it that you know he just assumes is part of the invoice. But I'm sure you don't do oh, that stuff anymore. Oh no, we don't. That was from way back, no, and we and just. Oh, we'd always staple them on the wrong end. So, oh, perfect. You know, so, so now we've grown oh, up. Yeah, we've grown up. But uh, I guess it gets back to uh, one day we took and put a little piece of Scott tape on the on the rollerball of his, his computer mouse. And it was payroll day and didn't give much thought to it. <clears throat> but uh, he ended up running, having to run to Staples and buy a new mouse. <gasps> he couldn't for <laughs> Mark, so that, right. That, that kind of backfired on me. I well, I, I'm waiting to tell. You probably gave him a ride. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. I, I, I didn't realize you were such a trouble. Yeah. Do you notice he said we did that? Mm-hmm. I don't know how many pe- people it takes to, to to rip off a piece of tape and put it on the bottom <laughs> of a mouse, but we a, a number of them apparently got involved. You know what? It's not. It's nothing's any fun if you do it alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're at the point now, Mark, where we give you the microphone of the company. Well, I guess if I have anything to say to the company, let's. I'll go back to the conversation we've gone through so far, and say first of all, Herb, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, what you said earlier means a lot to me, and I greatly appreciate that. And it gets back to just all the people I've worked with all the great people I've worked with, the old timers who taught me so much. I hope I can pass a little bit of that along. 
And if you're a new timer, just endeavor to persevere and do the best you can and look out for everybody else. And we're all going to be all right. Endeavor to persevere. That's from Outlaw Josie Wales. Isn't that where that came from? Yeah. <laughs> That's a Clint Eastwood movie, by the way. Uh, these young kids are in the in Spacious Podcast Studio A are like, what the hell is he talking about? I know who Clint Eastwood is. No, but you don't know the cigar movie. And... Yeah. Yeah. How could you not know the movie? That's like saying you don't know who Frank Zappa is. Wait, wait, wait. who's that? Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know who Frank Zapp is. Okay, well, look, I appreciate those sentiments, Mark, and and uh, well deserved uh, spot here on the podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to do this, and I'm sure everybody right now is having fun with you that you're. They know you're on the podcast, and so they're pounding on the side of your truck and all that stuff, trying to get your attention. <laughs> the truth is, nobody knows I'm doing this yet, except for. Somebody told Timmy Blaze. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh. Whoops. Okay. Bye. Well, so uh, we're going to let you get back to work, and we thank you again for being on with us, and thank you for being such a such a, a warrior here over you know close to four decades. Mark. Great example of a sergeant. Sure. Well, thank you guys, and keep up the good work, and have fun. Talk to you later. All right. All right. See you, Mark. Okay. That's such a good interview. Yeah, he's. I love Mark. He, He's a lot of fun. He really is. I, you know, we weren't very old when we were working. You know, I was probably 23 and he was, I think we're close to the same age. Maybe he's a couple of years younger uh, when we were working on that landfill there in Hamden. Now it's a big mountain, but I uh, really enjoyed working with him. And I, I don't know if I ever worked with him again directly after that, but uh, just, you know, everybody, the owners, when we are on these waste management jobs, you know, they think the world of him. And the people that work with him do too. Yeah, so. I think he thought I was joking when I asked him to come on, but um, I, I think it was a good get. I think so. I think yeah. so. Good work. Cameron, welcome yes. to Spacious, Spacious Podcast Studio A. Happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got a safety topic you're going to talk about. I do, or we do. Um, so the safety topic for this week's podcast is traffic control. And this is something that we deal with all the time on our projects. We do a lot of different roadway projects, um, improvements, you know, whether it's underground utilities, just paving different, all sorts of different stuff. And traffic control is one of the biggest pieces to making sure that our workers and our subcontractors stay safe. And the first step in traffic control is, is, you know, when we're pre-planning these projects um, on our, on these different roadways all throughout Maine, New Hampshire and Virginia, making sure that we have a traffic control plan. So, you know, coming up with that plan, making sure that we, you know, mark out where the signs are going to go, where the message boards, the barrels, barricades, where, you know, where we're going to station flaggers for the different sequences and everything like that. And then, you know, part of that traffic control plan and implementing it is setting up all those message boards, signs, barricades, right? So when, you know, when we have our signs in place, we have to make sure that we have, uh, you know, reduced speed ahead signs. We have no outlet, road closures, um, do not enter. And we, you know, throughout that, once we place these signs on the roadway, we want to make sure we have to monitor this stuff to make sure, you know, pedestrians and cars aren't trying to enter the project, creating different hazards for our employees. Um, other things, in addition to the signs, we might have to have uh, temporary traffic lights that operate, you know, 
after hours, uh, different sorts of delineators, message boards, barricades, um, and lighting too, which I don't think we deal with this too often, but in, there may be situations where we have like a second shift or night work where mm-hmm. we have to make sure we have uh, light plants, light stations uh, for proper lighting, particularly where flaggers might be, flaggers are set up. Um, they have to be well lit for directing traffic. Um, and then the biggest thing too is, is flagging and training. So all of our workers in these um, within traffic control on, on these roadway projects, we have to make sure everyone's trained uh, for, you know, working. And that's a formal process. Right. You know, there's a formal training. Uh, a lot of the times we will go through the AGC to get our employees trained uh, for work zone safety. And then all of our flaggers, the majority of the time we hire a subcontractor to uh, set up all to have all the different flaggers on these projects and they're properly trained. They have a whole formal training process for how to direct traffic and all the different types of PPE. Um, but in addition, you know, in addition to that training, it's really making sure that you have situational awareness, especially when you're flagging and directing traffic. Um, it, it's, it's so important because people just, they don't slow down a lot of the times, right? We, we set these, you know, speed limits in these, in these work areas and, and things like that. And, and People are either, a lot of the times nowadays, distracted driving, right? Mm-hmm. Text, texting and driving, go walking, you know, they're paying attention to the work. And they're not paying attention to their driving when they're going through our work zone and everything. So all of our workers and our subcontractors, we really need to make sure that we have extreme high level situational awareness uh, to make sure that we don't have any struck by caught betweens with uh our, our our workers or our subcontractor workers when they're directing traffic and it it that's one of the biggest things in communicating right when we're flagging and we have traffic going through the one lane roads is just making sure we have situational awareness and communication and to, also it's not unusual for these work zones to move during the day oh yeah so if in a paving job for instance that paver is always moving or or a utility installation you know, we might put three or 400 feet of utility in it a day. So that zone uh, likely expands or, or contracts. So it's, it's important to keep the signs, all the signs correlated to the flagging and, and the work zone appropriately. appropriately. Exactly. And, and there might even be situations where we switch sides of the right. road, where we're working on the right side of the road for the first half of the day, and then we'll switch over, we'll switch that one lane over. So the person that goes through in the morning on the way to work has to go to one side. And when they come back, that's where they expect to go. But in fact, they have to go to the other side. Exactly. And that's why those traffic control devices, the barriers, the signage and the flaggers are so important in having that traffic control plan. Um, and just having all of our workers in that area when, as we're performing the work, just have that situational awareness because we don't know if these, you know, these vehicles or pedestrians are, are paying attention, right? They, they could be distracted that, I, I mean, I've seen it out on the jobs. They're paying attention to the work that we're doing. They're not paying yeah. attention to the driving. They're, they're or just, they're looking at their phones yeah. or distracted by kids in the car. I mean, it's all sorts of situations. I so. mean, I've seen videos where people who have Teslas now are sleeping while they're driving because <laughs> it's Lord. just, this is the world that we live in now. So that like, ensuring that we have safe practices and we're aware of our surroundings when within these work zones, especially, you know, people sleeping in their Tesla with automated driving. We just, we have to keep all this stuff in mind that, you know, and I'm sure there's even 
there's new hazards or hazards that we may not have had to pay, you know, address or pay attention to now versus, you know, past, past decades, past mm-hmm. projects where I don't, I don't want to necessarily say simpler, but it, there's more distractions I think now, um, or yeah. maybe we're just more aware of the distractions too. I'm, I don't know. Not haven't quite put my finger on it, but we just, we have to make sure that we pay attention to I all think there's stuff. more distractions. There's more when you get in a vehicle to just to get to the heat or air conditioning control quite often takes pushing two or three buttons on the screen or whatever, uh, which I hate, you know, when, when I was younger, there was just like three controls. Yeah. You got three knobs for your heat and your AC and now it's like you're trying to operate a space shuttle. Yeah. So, So. uh, you know, and then, you know, the cell phones going off and, and uh, a number of other things. I can tell you, I mean, I come from a family of first responders, so I've always, you know, been very cognizant of them when they're on the side of the road. But it wasn't until I came to work here that I really started to appreciate, you know, and that sounds terrible. I, you know, I feel like I always went the speed limit that I was supposed to go through those construction areas. But man, especially as I a reporter, if I'm trying, I was trying to get somewhere, having to go through a work zone was just a pain in the rear end. But now I have such an appreciation for all the work that these people do. And they're doing it to make these roads better that I drive on and, right. and to, to, you know, to keep the different areas safer for me to be on. So if they're doing that, why can't I just take a few extra minutes, slow down a little bit and look out for those people? Uh, you know, yep. I, I have such it, so an appreciation now. I was just going to say that, that it, so we can do our part. Right. When we're driving through some other work zones, we can be the person that we want driving through ours. Right. Exactly. And, and, you know, I know there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast. Hopefully they'll listen to this and, and they'll think, about when they drive through a work zone, right? I know a lot of our employees do, right? We do our part, our empl- our crews and superintendents form, and they all do their part. But for the, anyone else listening to this, you know, I hope this helps you think a little bit about, when, you know, when you do go through a work zone on a highway or a roadway, you know, make, make sure you pay attention to the signs, pay attention to the flaggers, and uh, help keep our workers out there safe. Absolutely. Thank you. Great safety topic. Thank yes. you. As always. And from here, we go to shout-outs. That we do. So the first one is from Brent Williams. He's got a shout-out to Pete Pears. Can I just stop you there for a second? Yeah, sure. Number one, you took my pen. I did. Do you want it back? I I can get by without it, I think. Okay. I'm just calling you to the carpet on that. (laughs) I forgot my pen, and you had it sitting there, so I grabbed it. Yeah. So this is, you know, you know what? She stole my pen last week. Actually, this is now really high end podcast stuff right here. I, I don't know. told you it's Tadlock, a thing. You're getting I steal a little pens. bit of a reputation around here for <sighs> how many pens do you have piled up in your office. Okay. Just a few. I used to be a reporter. Okay. I always had to have pens in right. her office is right. Yeah, next but everybody to the else closet. needs pens too. <laughs> well, if you need one, just come All see right, me. Enough, enough of that. So there's seven people provided shout outs this week. Yeah. And I'm kind of disappointed in that. I'm thrilled with what we got. But I'm disappointed only seven people in this whole company took the opportunity to send a shout out, even though we're giving out um, potentially a a cornhole board. So I'm going to raise the stakes here now. Okay. Red down back is is making fire rings that say sergeant on them. And uh, so now the uh, Newton Grindle Award will be both a fire ring and a set of uh, cornhole boards for both the person that gives the award and the person that receives the award. Wow. Okay. okay. I'm going to get this thing cranked up. I'm sick of this. 
Is it a conflict of interest? Uh, uh, to anyone, send it, I know I'm like, I've got shout two shout-outs in this week. Uh, I'd love a fire ring. Okay. Um, anyway. Let's can I, can I give one, one now? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I planned on giving one before, you know, now. I just didn't submit it to Emily. Now you can go with a shout-out. Now you, you have to make them. sure you submit them, though, because I do have a deadline now of Sunday yes. night. Uh, of, yep, of Sunday night. That's our, I send you the text right. to remind Sunday you. Sunday morning. Yep. And you say Sunday night. Sunday night at 9 p.m. is the deadline. Okay. So let's get started with them this week. Okay. So the first Sorry one. Sorry for the interruption. Yeah, it's okay. Firing. Good stuff. So the first one is from Brent Williams. Shout out to Pete Perizzo for his unwavering commitment and dedication. Between solar projects in the Eastport area, he's managing 10 jobs plus whatever he decides to tackle in his spare time. So thank you. It's greatly appreciated. Talk about bringing value. Pete is bringing value. He is. So Joe Frazier has a shout out to Herb, Tasha, and Emily for wearing their Hawaiian shirts to the cookout in Brunswick Friday. Love to see it. Well, that was so easy I'm enough. I'm all about my Hawaiian shirt. Well, just, after you razzed me on the last I'm podcast, just you, I Friday had to go get Hawaiian one. shirt day. I need to purchase mine. And we're looking into uh, safety t-shirts that have, uh, you know, a little of that going on. Oh. Okay. Fancy. Cam, you're up. All right, so we have a shout-out from Holden Kimball. He says, birthday shout-out to Art Morin. I want to thank him for having a great attitude, looking out for the crew, and ultimately making my job easier. That's a good one. Art's been around for a while, too. Happy birthday, Art. The next one is from Tim LePage. Great job by Zach Sherry and his crews this past week putting the finishing touches on Skowhegan Water Intake Project and the Farmington Box Culverts. Job well done. All right. Good job, Zach and crew. Uh, Dean Bartlett gives a shout-out to Chris Lynch for rescuing me from the Rochester landfill job. Those guys and gals are rough and tough to deal with. Just kidding. He said they've been awesome, and uh, he just didn't want it to go to their head. <laughs> so it really was a shout-out for the, those people as well. Exactly. All right, so the next shout-out is from Derek Trueworthy. He's got a couple here. So he says, shout-out to all crews that were in Perry and still in Perry for the last couple of months for sharing tools, equipment, people, and trucks to help get the job done and know the Eastport Airport job is thankful for their help in sharing things as well. So we got a shout-out to Mechanic Andrew. When you need something or something gets broken, he does his best to get it fixed or he gets someone who can get over there in the Perry Eastport area and he keeps his truck clean so it looks good and going down the road oh nothing better than a clean truck mm -hmm. i've got a couple of shout outs this week shout out to caleb young and barry boucher for working with the team from ethos marketing uh, to put together a successful video for maine motor transportation association's go your way maine campaign that campaign has been put in place to try and convince young people to get into a career in truck driving or technician work and so caleb and barry are Fine sergeants and fine examples for the next generation of technicians. Uh, and then I have a shout out to Tim Blaise for putting on a fantastic cookout last Friday for his team. And thanks for showing me around the Brunswick job. He took a lot of time explaining exactly what we're doing out there. It's really awesome learning new things. And Tim is a wealth of knowledge. Plus, he's just really fun to be around. Yeah, good guy. So I got a big decision to make. Yeah, you do. I do. I need a drum roll. Yeah, something like that. Uh, we're going to go with the uh, Newton Grindle Award. It's going to go to Derek Trueworthy. I agree. For his shout-out to Andrew and uh, just uh, recognizing how well he does and, and and those 
nuances that Andrew does that, uh, you know, makes a, a little bit of a difference, sets a standard for other folks around him. All right, Derek and Andrew, will be doing our best to get that stuff out to you. So we're on to The Price is Right. We are. And this week is the price of an asphalt zipper. Gosh, we got a lot of guesses here. We get more guesses on The Price is Right than we do for shout-outs. <laughs> People love to guess The Price is Right. Okay, all right. Um, boy, a lot of them. Highest was Tim LePage at $175,400. The lowest was Ben Watson, $17,500. Mark Wright was just above him at $22,222. Um number of folks up in the up in the upper 150 range but the actual price of the asphalt zipper is $123,690 and George Obar was $126,875 just about $3,000 over George oh, sorry about that sorry George Alex Hardy was the closest without going over at $112,475 Alex gets a $50 Amazon gift certificate, or to the company store. Next week, we want to know the total price of the vacuum trailer that we bought uh, two or three years ago. And what this does is it, it, it it's an excavator. It's a vacuum excavator to vacuum up uh, around utilities, underground utilities that... Uh, we feel like there's a, a lot of risk in digging around them, so we bought this machine. And we want to know what your guess is on the vacuum trailer. I had to Google that, by the way. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, some of the stuff isn't really intuitive. Yeah. Vacuum trailer. I was like, oh, they have vacuums in a trailer? What? That's not exactly it. All right, so we got one question for you this week, and it's an, it is an anonymous one. Um, the question is... If you could change one decision you've made regarding Sergeant, what would it be and how? I told you, these people are coming up with fantastic questions. They're, they, they're trying to stump me big time, and now they're coming anonymous, right? Um, <laughs> one decision regarding Sergeant. I need like a tick, tock, tick, Yeah, tock. right? The Jeopardy theme like song? Yeah. Boy, there's... Uh, a similar question a couple a couple weeks ago was is what was your hardest decision? Right. And this is which which one would you change? I'm thinking it's the same person because I didn't give him the answer that he wanted. <laughs> Maybe. Um, probably, if I went back, it would be that during the Great Recession, we didn't really do a lot of investing in people. And I think we paid the price for that uh, since the economy went, went back to, you know, on screech now. Um, and we didn't have the people to, uh, to grow the way we sh could have. Uh, and in fact, we, you know, we suffered on an execution basis and the way I liken it is it's like we, uh, we're a professional football team that stayed out of the draft for four years. 
And you can do that and you can still be good in the fifth year, but eight or 10 years after that, you're not going to be. And that's why we've really pulled the trigger on so many more things uh, development wise that we have and, and why I'm so excited about uh, the new office we're going to have, because it's really more about that, that property acquisition was more about training and personnel development than it was having a new office. We just have so many opportunities to, to undertake training there. And uh, we're going to be working more on more formal development. Uh, so really, you know, the Sergeant Construction Academy thing we started in 2016, and that's really done well for us. We've got a lot of great young leaders that are coming out of that. Um, but really just trying to double down on that. I never want to make that mistake again. I never want this company to make that mistake again, that we still need to invest for the future. And that was on me. And that was a decision that I would go back and change. I've heard you mention this before. So it really must have been a decision that you were not very happy with. Uh, none of us should be very happy with it, right. frankly. I mean, it's it in some ways, it kind of hang, hamstrung our company and uh, you know, I know a lot of times people give me a lot of credit for a lot of things, but uh, this is one of those things that that was, I guess I'll, I'll put it this way. Somebody asked me, you know, what kind of different modes we've had and I've had in business. And starting Sergeant Sergeant was survival mode. Right. Uh, buying H.E. Sergeant was survival mode. There, there was a lot of execution, but I mentioned it a week or so ago on the podcast. There was a lot of risk. I had to borrow a lot of money to do that. And if things had not gone well, you know, they would have had my house, camp, everything. Right. Um, and, and then shortly after that, the recession comes and we had some really good years before that. And it's a good thing we did. Um, but that was another kind of a survival mode. And I'm so pleased that, you know, we always have to have some aspect of survival mode to us. But I'm so pleased that I think now we're, we're looking ahead more, we're planning ahead more. Um, and I don't have to make decisions. Tasha and Eric and I don't have to make decisions on surviving this year or this next two years. Um, so we can, we can continue to invest in some of these hollow periods economically that we couldn't have done uh, back then because it was really more about uh, survival. And I don't think we ever told everybody we were in survival mode. And I, don't, I don't think I knew it then. But right. I think looking back now, I, we were kind of in survival mode. Well, there you have it. And we were never on the edge of bankruptcy, don't get me wrong. It was just making decisions to minimize costs to make sure that, you know, we were still where we need to be in a year or two. Gotcha. Well, that was a good question. Man, we seem to get some good ones. I love it. So keep them going, guys. We really like it. Uh, So I got a couple announcements here. 
announcement from Amy Solms. Uh, she wants me to write, remind folks to reach out to her to make benefit coverage additions and changes when they have a qualifying life event. So an adoption or a new baby, marriage, divorce, whatever it may be, there's a 30-day window in which uh, she can help you make those changes with a qualifying life event. Otherwise, folks will have to wait until open enrollment to take uh, to make those additions or changes for the new year. Um, so as soon as it happens, reach out to Amy. Yeah, so we talked about that a little bit last week and and uh, just making sure these benefit changes are made will we'll keep things the way you want them, not the way you wanted them five years ago. Right. Um, so just so you know, we've also extended the deadline for the scholarship application. I had a couple more people reach out to me uh, wanting to get that done. So we extended that until June 30th. Uh, so the application can be found on the careers page of the website. If you have a little trouble finding it, just shoot me an email, etadlock at sergeant.us, and I'll make sure you get it. Uh, again, we're going to extend that until June 30th, so you have some time to get it done. Okay. Well, that wraps us up, I believe. It does. So the only other thing we, we need to make sure you get in your questions for Herb. Yeah, make sure you get those in. Make sure you get those shout-outs in. Get us some shout-outs. I'm, I'm giving. I'm I'm giving stuff away. Cornhole boards and now a fire ring? Firing, right. So you can you can have your fire going. Cornhole board off to the side. Man. We might. Um, the only thing I haven't thrown in here is like a, a shore dinner, a, a big lobster dinner. Yeah, right. I was just thinking what that. What have I got to do? I was going to say maybe like a sergeant cooler to go along with that. <laughs> okay, that would be unsafe. <laughs> Well, I'm That's not promoting anything. Guy. I'm just saying cooler to keep your, you not, know, Not Pepsi's saying cold. what's in yeah. the cooler, just the yeah, cooler. Just a okay. cooler. <laughs> Those guys need coolers for when, for these hot summer months when All they're right, on the jobs. All right, you two, knock it off. <laughs> we're going to wrap this up. With zero accidents. Zero accidents. Zero accidents. Keep it safe out there, folks. <laughs>